Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, and yes, I'm still quarantined in D.C. Today's going to be a special show. My intro is going to be a little bit longer than usual because I want to explain this show. So my guest, my returning guest, is Joe Walsh. Now, uh, he's a former Illinois, just in case he's not the musician, he's a former Illinois congressman elected to Congress in the Tea Party wave of 2010. And following his service in Congress, he became one of the most popular conservative talk radio hosts in the country. Syndicated in major markets throughout the United States in August of 2019, Joe became a candidate for president of the United States, and that was the first time he was on my show. Uh, he is the author of F Silence, calling Trump out for the cultish, moronic, authoritarian con man he is. That was released in February 2020. It's available on Amazon. He's also the host of the Fuck silence podcast okay so joe and i are gonna we're gonna have a debate but it's really more of a discussion about abortion he's a conservative libertarian i'm a progressive democrat our goal is to have a mutual respectful debate about a subject that we are both passionate about and we're going to remain civil and friendly no matter where we land i'm not going to say i'm not going to be frustrated and he might be frustrated too but we're going to be civil our country is so divided, and basically we just want to set an example and show that two people with opposing views are open to new perspectives. I can't say exactly what his goal is, but for me, the goal is not necessarily to win a debate, but to open a dialogue, perhaps plant a seed. Sure, I want to convince him to view abortion differently, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to do that, and I'm almost positive that he's not going to change my mind, but I am open. And so is he. And that's what's important. I know that he's against abortion right at this moment. And I still like him. I understand why he's against it. And we're going to discuss that. But I know no matter where this conversation goes, we're going to remain friendly when it's over. Frustrated, yes. But, but still, we will remain friendly. And I'm going to say this because I, I genuinely do not believe that Joe Walsh wants to control women. I think, I think being anti-choice is a form of controlling women. But I don't think that that is in his intention. He's Catholic. He identifies as pro-life. And yes, we're going to talk about that. But I think that he's coming from the mindset of he wants to protect fetuses. I can't hate him for that. I understand. I think it's misguided. And then I'm sure he thinks I'm misguided. But I don't come from a, a position of we're not going to be screaming at each other. That's the whole point of this. We're not going to be screaming and, and, and slinging and taking on an angry approach. So now I'm going to be really as, as quick as I can be to my own personal intro. I, I, I told you that was going to be a little bit longer than normal, but I want to get all my info across. So let's just go with it. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners and it's woman run. I don't have corporate backers and I don't yet use advertisers, although they are coming. It is patrons who keep this show going. So thank you for all of you. If you enjoy today's show, take a look at the about page. Check out some of my past guests. I've interviewed all kinds of political people. I also interview actors because I used to be one. So basically, if you like the show, just consider becoming a patron. You could start at like two bucks per month. If you want to upgrade, eventually you can go up to five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month, whatever you want to do. Here's what I do. I do two free shows on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then I do two shows for patrons only called What's Up following the free shows. Now, I used to do a patrons only with Steph Walton, and I'll still be doing those, but those will just not happen as often. So right now, if you sign up for $4 or less, you get my free shows. And then occasionally a random show that I feel like doing whenever I want to do it. And then, uh, but that's just random. And then if you sign up for $5 or more, you get the two free shows. Plus you get whatever I do with Stephanie. And then you get my 
patrons only shows after I do the free shows that I am calling What's Up with Kimberly Johnson. You just visit patreon.com slash start me up and uh, you can check out all the tiers and do what you want to do there. You can also make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I always include my email and you can use that for PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher and wherever podcasts are found. Please stop by and become a subscriber. It's free. Give me a rating and a review. I would appreciate it. And last, I want to say on Patreon, if, if there are any hateful comments that are sensationalistic or mean-spirited, I am getting rid of them. If you are anti-choice and you want to post your piece and you do it in a respectful way, I will not delete or block you. So keep in mind, I will be deleting hateful comments. <laughs> be civil. You're allowed to have your opinion and I'm not going to silence you, but I will silence you if, if you post uh, something awful or mean-spirited or hateful. All right, please enjoy my conversation slash debate with Joe Walsh. Welcome back to the show, Joe. Kimberly, it's <laughs> awesome to be with you. I mean that. You know that. I know that. And, you know, before we get into our conversation, uh, I just want to be very clear to, to everybody listening. I said it in the intro, but I'm just going to reiterate it. Number one, I don't remember if I said this in the intro, if there are negative... Um, negative comments on Patreon, whether they're hatred toward you or hatred toward me, I'm deleting yeah. and blocking. If somebody is, you know, if they identify as pro-life and they want to make their case, I'm not going to delete or block that. So uh, I, I just want to be very clear. I'm not going to accept any hatred toward either one of us. And the goal in, that we've agreed on to this conversation is literally a conversation, a dialogue. Yes, in a way it's a debate because I feel differently than you do. Um, but I think the point is we're going to try to open up to understand why the other person feels that way. And maybe one of us can, whether it's planting a seed for later or say, hey, you know, did you ever think about it this way? And I'm not trying in this conversation to make you pro-choice. I just want to be able to make the case for it. And I assume you're doing the same. Kimberly, absolutely. I second everything you say, and I want everybody to know that I am a committed libertarian slash conservative. You are a wonderful, committed progressive. And even though you and I personally like each other, we disagree on damn near probably everything <laughs> probably. Um, and, and there have been times when you and I have gotten into it on Twitter mm -hmm. and, and other formats. Um, but I, 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 even though we disagree, I want you always to know that I respect the hell out of you. Well, I appreciate that. And, and I, I respect you too. And th this is a subject for me that is extremely passionate. And I told you privately that I'm immovable. And when I say I'm immovable, immovable, I feel like, and, and there might be variations that you can say, do you think abortion is okay in this instance? And I yes. might surprise you. Um, but I, I'm immovable in that I believe that it is a, a, a pregnant person and a doctor that needs to figure this out and nobody else. Um, but, but I want to start off this conversation now because I think that this isn't, it's going to be very interesting. So I just want to, I want to first say, that you identify as pro-life. Now, I understand why you identify that way, but when you say that, it suggests to me that someone who identifies as pro-choice is really pro-death. Do you believe that I am pro-death? No, uh, I don't. And I'm sure, Kimberly, that 
there have been times over the last seven or eight or nine years where I've I've fallen off that ledge and I've called someone like you pro-death or pro-abortion. But no, I, I get it and I understand it that you are genuinely pro-choice. That's where you're coming from. And I think you get that I'm pro-life, i.e. I don't want to deny a woman's choice when it comes to other issues. So I think I think and, and what's fascinating, Kimberly, is that is so emblematic of this issue is that you and I are are starting out with very different concepts mm-hmm. when it comes to this basic issue of abortion. Mm-hmm. You're about choice. I'm about life, even though I know you're not anti-life. So then, okay, I want to, I do want to say I am pro-abortion, but not in the way that it might sound to you. I don't think it's like rah, rah, hoo, hoo, let's have a party for abortion. Abortion is awesome and fun. No, uh, I feel that I'm pro-abortion in the same way I'm pro-colonoscopy or pro-root canal. They are procedures that I don't, I wouldn't want to have to go through. And, and full disclosure, I have never been pregnant, so I have never had an abortion. But I absolutely know there were times in my life that uh, due to my circumstances, I would have absolutely chosen an abortion. Uh, and, and I know that because whether I was late, uh, you know, my period was late or something like that, I knew, I thought, uh-oh, well, I know what I'm doing. And it was based on my circumstances because there was another circum- there was one circumstance in my life where I had sex with somebody that I wasn't, I wasn't involved in in a relationship, but I have known my entire life and is practically like a family member to me because, yeah. you know, we were literally born in the same hospital room and we've known each other our entire lives. And I, I had a genuine love and affection for him. And I, and I thought to myself, you know, if I am pregnant, I didn't automatically jump to abortion. I thought about it. I think in the end, I probably would have because he, he and I lived in a you know, he lived on the other side of the country. I think he was in, you know, no, he wasn't involved with anyone at that point, but he, we were just so different and so um, not compatible, but there was love there. And so I know yeah. I, I did consider it. I thought, what if I am pregnant? Do what if I am? And so, um, okay. Now the other thing that, so I wanted well, I did, to, by the way, Kimberly, I get it for you. And I do believe for most pro-choice people, pro-abortion is another way of saying pro-choice. Yes, exactly. And it's not like you're rah-rah, let's fucking celebrate and right. have an abortion. I will say that on every issue, in every movement, there are extremists, like there are yes. extremists on my side of this issue. Mm-hmm. And there are some, I would say, extremists who literally celebrate the act itself. But go ahead. I have not encountered I haven't encountered them, but I'm not gonna disagree with you one hundred percent because I've never encountered that uh, you know, I mean, as a woman and, and knowing other yeah. women who have had more than one abortion, um, I've never known anybody or read anybody to to celebrate it because frankly it's you know, I mean when you when you take a look at it like a medical procedure, take out all of the um, hyperbolic and sens- sensationalistic aspects out of it. Um, as a medical procedure, I never wanted to have to do it. Uh, I just never wanted to. And, and, and you know what? had nothing to do with morality. It had nothing to do with regret. It was the procedure itself. That's yucky. Who wants to go through that? Nobody. I don't want to go through having a root canal. 
that sounds very uncomfortable and icky for me. So, you know, th- there, there's, there, you know, you know, I hear a lot of people, including liberal people, say, men mostly, say, it's such a hard choice. Not necessarily for some people it might be very hard, but for some people it's the easiest choice to make because of their, you know, for a variety of reasons, but one of those reasons could be financial, and that's usually why women have an abortion, and I have statistics on that. But my next question, though, I, I, I do want to say, okay, I'm going to explain to you what your stance feels like to me. Your stance feels like you're imposing your personal beliefs and that you're forcing people who do not want to be mothers to force, you're forcing them to have birth. Uh, Do you feel that you are imposing your personal, like why are you against abortion? What are your reasons for being against abortion? Uh, And that's actually fascinating, Kimberly, and I like the way you frame that. And that that I guess, and this is where uh, pro-life people like me are in a bit of a box because that is the end result of my position. Mm -hmm. I mean, the end result of my pro-life position is, yes, Kimberly, you must bring that life to birth. Mm -hmm. Um, I am pro-life because I believe that is a life from the moment of conception Mm -hmm. and we all again all god's children disagree on that but so because i believe that's a life and even as a libertarian someone who doesn't want government doing many things government's chief role is to protect liberty i.e life so i think that's where this issue of abortion gets it gets uncomfortable and difficult. Mm-hmm. I don't want to force Kimberly to have a root canal because it's a tooth. Uh, but, but if I believe that's a life, then yeah, I guess the result is Kimberly, I got to save that life. So in effect, maybe I am forcing you to have, to, to have that life. Does that make okay. sense? Okay. So are there, are, are, do you have exceptions? Um, it's, a, it's always such a great question. So no, I'm, and by the way, any pro-life person who gives you more than a 20 second answer is not being honest. Mm-hmm. I'm pro-life without exception. So that's my answer. So, and again, that puts me in a difficult box, right? Because rape and incest, horrible, horrible situations, but yet that's still a life. Even if my daughter was raped, horrible but that's still a life that was created. And that's, that's my, I mean, that's a hundred percent of why I'm life is to protect that life. Even though you probably disagree with me, you understand that, right? That Uh, rape and incest, it's sucks, horrible. I can't comprehend it. But again, if my only objection to abortion is to protect that life, I'm still duty bound to, be there. You know what I mean? I, I understand where you're, I mean, of course I don't agree with it, but you know, I mean, when, when an uncle rapes a niece and she becomes pregnant, I think it's the most abhorrent thing in the world to yeah. expect that child to give birth. I think that's yeah. a torture for that child. Um, but let me ask you this. Okay, here's a story from the New Yorker. In late spring of 2016, Erica Christensen was 31 weeks pregnant and found out that the baby she was carrying would be unable to survive outside the womb. Her doctor told her that 
the child was incompatible with life. Christensen and her husband wanted a child desperately. They called him Spartacus because of how much he fought, but she decided immediately to terminate her pregnancy. If the child was born, he would suffer and would not live long. She wanted to minimize his suffering to whatever extent she could. Now, what would your choice be in that? Would you, would you choose to go forward? Uh, my personal choice in that, again, and, and I, I'm, a, I'm a man, Kimberly, so my, my wife or my girlfriend, my personal choice would be to, to still conceive that child, even if that child were to live a week or two or three. So what if that choice were taken away? You, you say if that would be my choice. What if you well, had I'm no ma- choice? I'm a, I, mean, I mean, ultimately, I'm a man. No, I get that. But I'm just saying, I, I get that you're a man, and I get that you're never going to be pregnant. But, and, and I, you know, I mean... So there, and that's part of this, by the way. Yeah. There's that whole you, saying that if men could get pregnant, there would be abortion kits on every corner and all that stuff. I know there would be plenty of men and women who identify as pro-life who would choose to carry on. Not every man would choose abortion, but I do believe that if men could get pregnant, abortion would be not, it would not be an issue. It would be legal and available everywhere because it's something that if you can't experience, and I'm not saying that you would have an abortion. I'm just saying that the majority of men would decide, no, this is not even an issue. We get to terminate it. And then it comes down to, you know, now we're going to talk about life. So, you know, there's the arguments to be made that, you know, life begins at conception and I'm not going to argue with you. I know that, um, I, but but what I do know is it's kind of a philosophical idea, and then it's also an idea of what you consider to be life because a an embryo is not viable on its own. Even uh, even a fetus that is born at 22 weeks, uh, if it could be fed, and I was reading about this yesterday, so I'm not just pulling this out of my you know, yeah. Um, it could be fed steroids or certain things to kind of mimic what happens in the uterus, and it could sustain life, but the likelihood of that child having uh, or that person having a qu- good quality of life is very, very low. They, will, they could have all kinds of um, health issues. So the life that is in the uterus is solely dependent on, on, that, on that pregnant person and cannot survive. So, well, but let's 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 go there. Let's you and I, you brought up two really important issues. So, the first one is is that a human life? Mm-hmm. And I think on this, the science is clear. At fertilization, it's a zygote. It's got a unique. It's got its own unique human identity at that moment. Mm-hmm. It's got its DNA makeup mm-hmm. at that moment. So it is a unique life at the moment. It, uh, you know, sperm meets egg and it's fertilized. And the other interesting thing, Kim, is it's it's separate from the woman that that zygote's DNA, that zygote's identity is separate from its mother's. So it's I I think science makes clear it's a life. Mm -hmm. Your issue of viability is interesting. No doubt about that. A a um, a a fetus at. Uh, six weeks is less viable than a fetus at six months. Mm-hmm. But, but then when you look at the notion of viability, Kimberly, if a baby is born and the baby is a month old toddler, that baby can't survive on its own without a mother or father, somebody taking care of that human baby. 
So that right, but issue there, of the, the viability diff- continues. That that's true, and yeah, I mean, you could leave a baby alone in an abandoned building, and nobody would know about it, and it would perish. Um, but but the idea is that you know when it is born, whether it's the mother or somebody else, it is not solely dependent on on one person alone. It is dependent then on other people to take care of it. It doesn't necessarily have to be the. Uh, you know, in this case, the mother, whereas when it is a fetus, it is solely dependent on that one person. And so instead of asking, when does life begin? I prefer to ask, when does the pregnant person's right to life and body bodily autonomy end? Okay. Well, and that's, and that's interesting. And let's go there in a second, but let's, let's see if there's common ground here. Okay. Do you, do you agree with me that that is a human life? Even if you don't believe it's viable, I it's believe so that it's the beginning. I believe that it's alive, and yes, of course, it's coming from humans, so it's human. Um, but I also believe that it is not fully formed, and it is not. It does. I mean, we're, we can get into the pain thing in a minute, but it doesn't have pain receptors, and that's science. Science tells us when it does. The journal, uh, the J- JAMA, J A M A, um, and I can quote that to you later. But there are, um, it is a forming human life. So it is not a, so that, now like for instance, you can, we can also get into late term abortion where most of the time when it's late term and I don't even, scientists don't even like to use that term. But uh, if it is seven months, you're, you're, you're not seeing women coming into abortion clinics at seven months and saying, I want an abortion. Usually those things are done. Agreed. Those are rare. Those are rare. They're rare and they're, they're medical. I agree with all that, Kimberly. Before we get into that, I agree with all of that. I think you're, you're right to always hearken to the science because the science is important and the science clearly makes clear, makes says that from the moment of fertilization, that is a separate human identity life. Mm -hmm. It's got its own DNA that Mm -hmm. no other human on this planet will ever have right and it's separate from its mother it's its own separate human life now the issue again of viability is interesting because if if you if you uh uh delivered a seven-month-old child Mm -hmm. now that that baby can be viable we can that that baby can survive but again i'd go back to the point i made viability is interesting because if you had a, a if you delivered a baby at seven months that baby could not survive on its own. But if you brought a baby to term and that you delivered a baby after nine months, that baby could not survive on its own. It's not viable without a mom, a dad, an adult taking care of it. Okay, but then it's also at that point a fully formed human being, whereas when it's a zygote, when it's an embryo, and when the majority of abortions take place, which is in the first, uh, I don't know, you know, say six weeks, seven weeks. Um, it is, and of course it has the DNA. And in some case, I mean, I don't remember when the heart actually forms, but still, I mean, I'm not going to argue, you know, when it, I think the, the biggest, the biggest hurdle that we have is that it, you know, you're coming from a place. Now, let me ask you a question. Is, is your definition or your, your belief based on your Catholicism? Partly, and it's also based on my philosophical libertarianism. I mean, I just, uh, and by the way, Kimberly, I wasn't always pro-life. When I first began to be political in my early 20s, the libertarian I am, I probably was where you are. I'm I'm pro-choice because fuck it, I don't want government telling a woman what to do with her body. That's where I originally came from. 
after a number of years of study on the issue, um, it, it just it hit me that that's a life. Mm -hmm. And so religiously, morally, philosophically, politically, government has a job, a role to protect life. Okay, so let me ask you a question then. Yeah. Um, that is your personal belief system, okay? Yes. What if millions of people, millions of people believed, and, and I know this is hard to prove, but let's just for the sake of argument say it's easy to prove, that if a man coerces women into having sex for any reason, yeah. that it, okay, I don't know if you saw the television uh, show, The Morning Show, but there was a, a scene where Steve Carell, who had all the power, he was like the, the top guy, he, he basically coerced this woman into having sex. She didn't want to, but she did because she felt pressure. There was a power structure thing there. Yeah. Yes, she consented, but she, she wanted to keep her job. She thought maybe she would get a promotion, whatever it was. So if, if millions and millions of people felt that men who coerced women into having sex should have their penises cut off, and they believed this, they believed this, this is their belief system, would you agree that they should be able to set that into law? Uh, no, and by the way, that's ultimately, Kimberly, where you have me, by the short hairs, no pun intended. <laughs> that's where you've got me, because you're right. I am pro-life because I believe that's a life. At the end of the day, this is why I fundamentally don't believe, and you and I have picked the hardest issue to try to mm -hmm. find common ground on. I don't think we'll ever find common ground, because you other 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 women as as genuinely as i believe it's a life may not believe it's a separate viable life and so we may never ever agree right. on any sort of a compromise right and i don't i don't think we're going to agree on that but i do have a question to ask you about it but i'm going to agree with you that i mean yes it is a life and yes it is a human life but it but because it is not fully formed because it is not capable of pain until 29 to 30 weeks um, and, it, and, and, and scientists even say that with a pain thing, it's, it's not so cut and dry. It's, it's, it's not something – I mean, and I, there, there's all the abortion porn well, out so there. So that's interesting, Kimberly. Then it, you've roused my curiosity. Mm -hmm. So you acknowledge it's a human life, but mm -hmm. your main thing is it's not viable. It, or it's, a, it's not a fully formed human life. Is that where you kind of draw your line? Yes, but, uh, but the, the reason behind it is because, okay, now I'm going to give you this scenario. And it's going to take me a minute, so just give me because i got to yeah. preface it. But now, now I just want you to, and I'm not saying that this so that you'll go, oh, I get it. I'm for abortion now. I don't expect that. Yeah. But, um, but I just want you to think about it from a different point of view than your own. And yeah. so, okay. I'm just going to kind of take myself where I was living in Los Angeles, uh, you know, in my 30s. I was working at a job that literally was paycheck to paycheck. Maybe I had $3,000 in my bank account. Uh, there were no family members around me. And I had, you know, and I had, uh, and, I, and I just want to throw this in there before I even get into this, is that I had a friend that when she was pregnant, I think of the last two months of her pregnancy, she was ordered to stay in bed. And, and she was unable to go to work. So here you have this single woman, and let's say she's in a relate. Now, this isn't me, but some of this is based on my circumstances in the past. But you have a woman who's, let's say, in a relationship with a, an abusive man, and she wants to get out of it. And, she, and this is the kind of man that is just going to you know, have sex with her if he wants it, and she's going to consent because she knows 
that if she doesn't consent, he's just going to do it anyway. He's going to rape her and he might beat her. So it's like it's just easier for her to say yes. So you've got like the situation where this woman is trying to get out of this abusive relationship, but then maybe she winds up getting pregnant and she doesn't have the money to pay for for a child. What if she finds out that child has Down syndrome? What if she finds out that that child isn't, uh, you know, is going to is going to require like a special needs kid that's going to require so much time and money that she just doesn't have? She has nobody to help her. She has, you know, maybe some friends, but no family to help her. She doesn't she doesn't make enough money to pay for the daycare that's needed. And it, and it's not like it's this big choice. And then even if she were, you know, she, she she's working paycheck to paycheck. How does she, if she's, if the doctor says you have to stay in bed for two months and there's no one to help her. And then on the very top of all of this, pregnancy carries with it an inherent risk, just like getting in a car. Pregnancy can be fatal. There can be uh, hemorrhaging after. There can be, uh, there, there's all these different things that can happen to a woman. Yeah. Whether, you know, and, and I'm not saying that ha- there's plenty of women that have healthy babies and they go on to be healthy mothers. We all know this. But, but each and every pregnancy carries risk. That risk varies from something small to something ongoing to something fatal. So my thing about it is it is not Joe Walsh's place to tell me under these circumstances where I'm living paycheck to paycheck and I, you know, maybe trying to get out of abusive relationship and co- you know, whether, I'm, whether I'm having sex because I want to or not, I get pregnant, maybe my birth control failed, whatever the reason. I don't want to be a mother. I can't afford it. I don't have anybody to help me. And, and the reason I don't want to give the, I, I don't want to go through a pres- pregnancy that is possibly harmful to my own body, possibly life-threatening, uh, which is not going to be my main concern, but it's there. Uh, and, and then if, if I were going to give it up for adoption and I'm at work, People are going to see my stomach growing and they're automatically going to be like, and and let's say I wanted to be a mother, but I just can't right now. I would love to be a mom, but I can't because I can't afford it. And these people are saying to me, oh, look at your stomach. Is it a boy or a girl? Do you have a name? And each time I can't hide my pregnancy. I can't keep that private. Now everyone knows and everyone's asking me. And then I have to give this baby that I really wish I could have away. And, and, and how far how far along are you in this scenario? Well, this could be at any point. This could be. I okay. mean, if I'm, I'm if if people are seeing my big pregnant stomach, then yeah. I'm obviously I'm far along. That's that would be me choosing to go forward with an adoption, and that's I would believe up to each individual person because of all of the you know whether it's a health risk or whether it's just you know I mean because I'm there's plenty of people who would like to have a child. But in their circumstance, they are not necessarily prepared for it. Maybe they're with an abusive man that would abuse the child. I mean, there's just so many, so many possibilities of something that would make someone decide, I am not ready for this. Kimberly, what, again, you've got me by the short hairs because ultimately I don't know how to answer this. 92% of abortions in America are elective. Mm-hmm. Women women choose to have abortions primarily for emotional financial reasons. They're not ready. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and I can't change that. And at the end of the day, for me to be consistent, mm-hmm. knowing that this is pie in the sky stuff, 
because every life needs to be protected. Well, if I'm going to be consistent, then mm -hmm. damn it, government needs to step up and help that woman in your scenario, just like government should step up and help low-income women after they have okay, after well, they've that's, delivered babies. That's a great that you're you're taking me to this great thing. So, would you support then making pregnancy free through the nine months and postnatal care uh, for when the baby is born? I would mean I would means test uh, a, 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 an issue like that just I, as I would means test any government assistance that we give women and babies who've already been born. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good because I think that I here's something that I think we will agree on. Uh, and and since Roe v. Wade, abortions have dramatically decreased in the country. Um, and isn't the goal? Except, except, except we still have the highest abortion rate in the Western world. But continue. Okay. Well, uh, well. So then that goes to the thing of like, for instance, in Colorado, they uh, I, I don't know if it was free or just made it more accessible. But when you offer women free contraception or low cost contraception, those numbers dramatically fall. Because, you know, so many of the abortions are coming from young people. And as you said, they're coming because of financial situations and women are afraid. And so, yes, it's emotional and it is financial. And so the ultimate goal here would be to reduce that. And if we if the government, if, if you believe it's the government who needs to protect lives, then wouldn't it be that the government should supply everybody with free birth control? Because the thing is, is when... Um, Let's see. Uh, here it is. It says, okay, there's an article from, from ProPublica, and it's, it, it says they've, they've been, for the past year, I think this was in 2017, uh, it was examining why U.S. has had the highest rate of maternal mortality in the industrialized world. Uh, the seven to 900 deaths that occur in pregnancies overshadow a more pervasive problem called severe maternal morbidity. So this, basically this all comes down to it is costing the healthcare system billions and billions, taxpayers and the healthcare system billions and billions of dollars. So Agreed. you're already paying for shit. And Agreed. so it's like, if it, wouldn't you rather pay for that number to come down, whether it's deaths in, in, in pregnancy or uh, abortion itself, to, for that number to come down? Whatever, Kimberly, whatever we as a society can do to prevent unwanted pregnancies, and the government plays a role in this, private charity, the church, every institution, we should do. Yes. Yeah. No, I totally Absolutely. agree. See, we, we have, and, and I'm glad to hear you say that because I think that, you know, I know that there were some feminists didn't like, they didn't like it when Hillary Clinton's, I can't remember exactly her words, but it was basically make it rare and something safe, else legal and rare safe legal and rare I, i'm all for that because it's not about shaming to me it's not about shaming at all i think some feminists had taken that to to mean shaming and it's like i'm going to go back to my analogy of uh you know getting a colonoscopy nobody wants to do that nobody wants to go through that procedure there is nobody who is celebrating the fact that they have to go through an abortion procedure i'm well, sure they're but, celebrating but the, the option is, the difference is your colonoscopy or your root canal 
many of these medical procedures are necessary. Mm -hmm. You're you're electing to have an abortion. You're choosing to have an abortion. But Kimberly, I think you and I both would agree that we want abortions to be as rare as possible, right? Yes. And so the yeah, the best way to achieve that. And I think this is I think this is really where we're going to have the most agreement is that is to that the government should do everything they can to make it rare. But, but where we're going to disagree is that I, I believe that it is nobody else's business and it is not your place to tell me what I need to do with what's going on in my body because what's going on in my body, there may be life in my body, but I'm the one who controls what happens Bingo. to my body. Bingo. And, I, and Kimberly, I respect that belief. Um, and this is why I don't think compromise on this issue is ever possible, because I really do respect your belief, just like I know you respect my belief that that is not just a life in your body. That is a separate human identity life in your body that that must be protected. I don't. That's why I don't know that we'll ever mm-hmm reach some sort of compromise because at the end of the day Kimberly I I think most of America will always side with you that we we're not going to be in a position where I can force you to deliver a baby mm-hmm. yeah I mean well unfortunately what's happened is because of the politicalization we have things like trap laws which are targeted regulation of abortion clinics and they're finding things like oh well there's a water fountain in the way so we have to close the whole sh- clinic down or they're, they're manufacturing BS uh, to, to, to eliminate the option of abortion. And unfortunately, when you eliminate the option for abortion, what you're actually doing is making it more difficult for people who really want to have and determined to have an abortion. And you're making that abortion later term because they have to jump through hoops in order to get that abortion. And so, yeah. you know, yeah, you're right, Kimberly, the polling on this is, has always been pretty clear. Most Americans are in the middle. They support safe, legal and rare. Mm-hmm. Most Americans support abortion in our pro-choice our pro-choice in the early stages mm-hmm. of pregnancies most americans oppose abortions in the third trimester so most of most americans are somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. the extremists tend to dominate the debate right yes absolutely i will agree with you there and i mean i feel i feel so I feel passionate about this for, for a number of reasons. And of course, there's, you know, there's typical reasons of patriarchy where, you know, right now, America is still a patriarchy because men have the majority of control. I would actually love to, you know, I mean, you hear the argument all the time, women should be ruling things forever. I don't think that. I think what you have to do is have capable adults from every walk of life that's representative of where you live to be in control. That it, That's men and women, that's every color, that's every eye color, hair color, whatever, background. Yeah. I think we, we, you know, we live in this huge melting pot, which is a beautiful thing. And, you know, people who have the opportunity to travel and experience other cultures usually have more empathy for different kinds of people instead of seeing them as other. And so I feel like, you know, in our laws uh, right now, women don't have I mean, we are not 
in the Constitution. Uh, one can argue the 14th Amendment, but the 14th Amendment doesn't protect women in courts of law when they come up with discrimination cases. So basically right now, and, and I don't want to sound like a fem, you know, that the feminists get accused of playing the victim. I don't feel like a victim at all. I just feel that the playing field isn't equal. And it doesn't mean I hate all men. I have plenty of men in my life who I love and I respect. And, you know, men like you who I can respect, even though I can disagree with you. Um, but yeah, and men I think, have Kimberly, the power. I think part of the difficulty here is uh, Roe v. Wade was such uh, a comprehensive ruling that I think it, it forced people then to take extremist positions. So we get now cases like in Alabama where they're basically banning all abortions. Well, they know that's not going to fly, but they want to mm-hmm. get try to get it up to the Supreme Court to overrule Roe v. Wade. We tend to get, I think, the extremist mm-hmm. ruling on this issue because, in my own opinion, Roe v. Wade was a little over the top and heavy handed. Well, I the reason I don't think it is because I do think that I, I trust that a doctor and a scientist and a patient are better equipped at making that decision for the patient than anyone else, a lawmaker or you or, or me or anybody. Um, let me ask so you I this, though. Do you believe that uh, abortion can be legislated out of existence? No, I, I, I don't. Here's what I think, Kimberly. I think that if, if I were king of the world tomorrow and I outlawed all abortion, um, the country would fall apart. Half of the country would revolt. Just like if the federal government tomorrow um, allowed all abortions, even right up until the moment of birth, I think half of the country would go ballistic. So I don't think either extreme scenario, total outlaw or allow all abortions, would ever suffice in this country. Half of the country would revolt. Well, and there would always be abortion. And that, you know, I mean, it's like, totally, take totally. a look at the movie Dirty Dancing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like... You can't outlaw alcohol. You yes. can't out- yeah, same thing. Absolutely. So, okay, then the other question that I would ask you is, what do you think the punishment, or, or maybe, I don't, know, I don't know if you believe there should be a punishment, but you don't believe in abortion. You believe that it's a life, and so taking that life goes against everything you believe. What are the what should should there be consequences? What should happen to somebody who has an abortion? It, and it it angers me when not that when this question is asked because it's the logical question, and it angers me when people on my side, pro life people, um, are afraid to answer it, are afraid to be honest, um, because honestly, no. Do I want a mother arrested? Do I want a doctor arrested? No. And I know, Kimberly, that's an that's an inconsistent answer. Mm-hmm. And it shows it shows I it shows a real un, uh, an ambivalence, not in my position, but in how to in, in, in how to come up with a resolution. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a genuine pro-life guy who, God, no, I don't want a mother arrested. I don't want a doctor arrested. And any pro-life person who doesn't tell you that isn't being honest with you. And that, well, then there's also, unfortunately, uh, I think right now there are only 30 states, only 30 states as of 2019 that terminate a rapist rights to parent. Now, that means in, in, in those other states, and each, each state is different, 
but you know, rapists can sue for custody and visitation. Yeah. And that's, I, I mean, I, I don't, I'm going to go ahead and guess you don't think that's right. That's just like crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. That's just like, good God. And, and I mean, like and that crazy. also kind of comes down on the, you know, I mean, when I, you know, you've got the anecdotal situations, there's factual, there's science, there's all that, and then there's anecdotal. And anecdotal doesn't necessarily change anybody's mind. But for me, as a single woman living in Los Angeles, as I said, there were times where there was no effing way I was ready to have a kid. I didn't have the money. Yeah. I didn't have the support system around me. I, I just couldn't have done it. I wouldn't have been able to do it. And, you know, I mean... Well, and Kimberly, I don't look... I don't know what the answer is. I, I honestly don't. And most pro-life people want Roe v. Wade overruled, and their fallback is always let's return it to the states. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. I don't. And I got to be honest. I don't really like that idea. I have a problem with Roe v. Wade, but I have a problem with letting it be a state-by-state thing mm-hmm. because you either it's either a constitutional right or it isn't. Mm-hmm. And the Supreme Court and Roe v. Wade, and to my way of thinking, came up with this imaginary constitutional right, but they declared it was there. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't think this should be a state-by-state decision. And and I'm in the minority of people on the pro-life side right, on that. Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, the last thing, I guess, that I would just bring up is if it were to be if if it's not your right and if it's a constitutional thing where it is not your right to have an abortion then the basic situation is a there's going to be abortion anyway and b it is the government forcing women to go through with an unwanted pregnancy which is forced birth and uh and that is something that i feel is taking away from the woman from the mother from the pregnant person's civil liberties that's taking away their bodily autonomy and so do you say, i didn't them. ask you this kimberly do you support if, if if a baby if a fetus is past the point of viability in the womb mm-hmm. do you support um uh outlawing elective abortions past that point uh what I, what i would you su- answered that i didn't hear what that. i would support in that case is what a doctor would determine um, because sometimes those, uh, you know, I mean, okay, let's see, how late is it? Like how late into the pregnancy? Well, and this is the amazing thing. You and I keep talking science. I mean, science is continuing to move that point of viability. I mean, we're at a point now where you can you can uh, deliver a four to five month uh, old fetus and that, that fetus can be saved and that can become a life. Um, can become a baby. So mm-hmm. that point of viability continues to move closer to the point of conception. Well, I would, you know, I mean, doctors generally, if somebody is in their sixth, seventh, eighth month, women are not electing. Usually what they're doing is naming their kid and getting the, the room ready. Uh, you know, Usually they're excited. Not, but yeah. there are cases. Of course, Usually there might not. be somebody yeah. who could change their mind. And I think that, you know, when, when it becomes, I think that's for a doctor to decide. You know, I mean, are there going to be doctors you can't trust? Of course there are. But most doctors, I think, well, are going to. But gonna... then let me ask you the tough question, because mm-hmm. you've been asking me tough questions, and mm-hmm. I appreciate them. <laughs> what if a doctor said, with that six-month-old fetus, what if a woman said, the heck with it, 
uh, I've realized I cannot emotionally have this pregnancy. I can't afford it. I got to get an abortion. And it's past the point of viability, say it's five to six months. And the doctor says, now, wait a minute, Susan, this baby can be saved. If Mm -hmm. we deliver this baby right now, Mm -hmm. this baby can be viable. And the mother just wanted, uh, just couldn't handle it anymore. Right. Would you oppose an abortion in that situation? I'm always going to turn it to the doctor because it's not, the way that I feel is it's not up to me to decide so what, what that woman. So what if the doctor said the baby can be viable, the baby can be saved to deliver it now, there'd be no damage to the mother, but the uh, mother no longer wants it. Uh, I, I think that I would go along with what the doctor says. Oh, I mean, I'm just, if I were with you right now, I'd give you a big smooch. But 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 what I'm saying is that if but I don't think that the doctor should decide whether or not she has the abortion. If it's to the, I think it's illegal to have abortions. I I don't know this, and I should have well, prepared for this. It, but, but like but at the no, seventh I, month, what, what's inter- what's interesting is per Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade. Um, basically legalized all abortions, but then at the point of viability and beyond, it said all abortions, depending on the emotional, blah, 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 health, psychological. So a woman, for emotional reasons, could have an abortion mm-hmm. at, at past the point of viability. In right. This but, but let's say it's a woman goes, she's six and a half months pregnant, and she's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And the doctor says, well, this baby is viable and can be saved. And she yes. says, I don't care. I want to have an abortion. Then I go with what the doctor says, because I don't think then the doctor okay. is going to either... Uh, make this decision. I don't think the doctor should pass the morality onto it onto the patient. I think the doctor needs to give the patient all of the options and let that patient know what is possible at this point. But but if if it is legal to give an, to have an abortion at that point, then I'm going to go with what the doctor says. If if it is not legal, then it's not legal. And I I think that it's not legal unless and I. Could be wrong, so please don't quote me on this. But I think there is a, a point where a doctor's like, "No fucking way, I'm not going to have this abortion because the the fetus is now seven months old and it's just too big." Doctors usually don't do that. Usually, it's kinda, and it's, you're right, and it's kind of state by state now, and often it follows the guidance of Roe, right. which is and, really broad language. And we are really talking about a situation that's almost never happening. I'm not going to say never, but it's very rare. So I think that it, I think that each and each decision is based on so many different things and what the doctor is willing to do is I'm going to give it over to doctors and patients to make that decision. It is not, I'm not going to say at six months, a woman shouldn't be allowed. I'm going to say, what does the doctor have to say about that? What, what do they come to together? And if, if the end result is that she doesn't want to have that child and the doctor says, okay, I have, you know, I will do this, then they will do it. And whether or not I personally thought that that was awful or great doesn't matter because it's not my body, it's not my choice, and it's the choice of the doctor. So, you know, I mean, and I'm going to go back to these these very late-term type abortions are generally because of uh, a sick fetus or risk to the mother's life or something like that. And so, you know, uh, those are usually the sensationalistic stories that you say, you know, that the extremists will come in with as far as trying to make an argument when that's really not the case, when the general population is, you know, the people of of people who are choosing abortion, they're usually within the first, I can't remember, it was like seven weeks or something like that. So, And I was, my, and my only final thought, Kimberly, would be, I don't know what the legislative solution is 
because I don't think this country will support me forcing you to have a baby. Uh, and, and there are going to be some states that, like Alabama that are going to push that issue. Mm-hmm. That's going to get thrown up to the Supreme Court, and I think they're going to get shot down, even with this conservative court. So ultimately, as a pro-life person, what's my answer? My answer is to do what you said earlier, do everything we can to prevent unwanted pregnancies, uh, do everything we can to support women who they're not sure they want to have the baby, blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. We should support that decision financially. And then uh, the two things I'd final two things I'd say is science continues to make this a really interesting issue. It continues to move the point of viability. And then to me, it's just education, education, Mm -hmm. education. Well, I think this was an interesting and, important conversation to have and i'm grateful and i think that you know i don't you really pissed me <laughs> off the whole time <laughs> i, I want to say that i'm i'm relieved to hear that you are open to government support because yeah i i totally agree let's, Damn let's you, lower Kimberly, you moved me see i knew you'd do it you did move you moved me more than i moved you <laughs> on this particular subject maybe but um but i just i want to say thank you and and i and i want to put this out there to everybody because i know that there's going to be there are women out there specifically who are yes. just like me freaking rabid we are rabid about this and and, you know, I, I know there are people who wanted me to crush you. And I don't think that should be our goals. Our goals shouldn't be about crushing or, or hitting the other person or slamming. The, it should be about let's talk about these things. Because, because you know what? There are, there are so many things that you and I could agree upon in this conversation. So if we keep this dialogue going and, as you say, as the science evolves and, and if, we, if we get our government to be a little bit more supportive of reproductive justice and rights and all of that, I think that we can find a happier place to be. Uh, there will always be extremists and there's nothing we can do about that. But maybe the only thing we can do is, you know, set this example. I know we're not the only two people who have who have ever had a civilized conversation about, you know, a different kind of polarizing yeah. topic. But I think that this is a start in a really shitty climate right now that we're in. Um, I, I hope that other people can take from our conversation that, you know, hey, look, a Tea Party conservative libertarian uh, can can talk to uh, a feminist and Amen. and and I appreciate it and I and I thank you and the only thing that I want to throw in there and I and you probably already know this but just for argument's sake that the libertarian platform is pro-choice. Yes. Okay. So yeah. I just no, to yeah, you're sure. right. The libertarian movement is split almost fifty-fifty on this issue, but it's generally pro-choice. Yeah. All right. Well, um, before you go, okay. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Uh, I had a good time and I wasn't sure what, what was I going to feel, <laughs> but I was slightly nervous, but I had a good time talking to you. Uh, bef- uh, before you go, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, on Twitter, follow me at Walsh Freedom. And then I've got a podcast called F, F as in Frank, F Silence. <laughs> go or to S of F Silence Podcast.com. Or F as in fuck. F is in fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, of, <laughs> of course, you can always find me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. And then I've written books. Uh, you can find them on Amazon um, under my name. And thank you, Joe, so much. This was awesome. Kimberly, you rock. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. 
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.